Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I want to tell you a little story about my day yesterday. I didn't sleep a lot all last week for some random reason, different reasons. And so I woke up yesterday morning and I was tired. I was tired. And, you know, I'd taken NyQuil the night before, not last, the night before on Friday night, which I hate to do because I don't like any help. I want to be woken up if Papa wants to wake me up, but I had, I was so tired. And so if I take NyQuil, I can't function during the night. So that means that all hell could break loose and I'd still just be snoozing away. <laughs> on a side note, did you hear that great big clap that Papa slung down the other day? Was that uh, Thursday? On Thursday? That was a prophetic act by God. Whenever I need you to change your mind about some things, if you can, that God's looking for um, some candidates to enjoy His displays without being afraid. And to not twist them to mean something different. So when I heard that, you know, I was actually over with Christy and we were studying or something. I can't remember what we were doing, but um, her little dog, Ditto, got really afraid. And I instantly thought of the children of Israel. And, of course, she came and got up on her lap. It was, you know, we were kind of, it was cute, you know. But that's what we do. Is that we get afraid when God does a display when He really wants us to cheer Him on. I want to cheer Him on. I don't know if you understand this, but He aches for a people that will just let Him be God. Not have to hide His Godness. If He's going to do too much for you, then He'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. But otherwise, He wants you to run like He's in, in charge. So I woke up yesterday morning feeling fine. I woke up with heaven on my mind. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't wake up with, with that song on my mind. But anyway, I, I heard, I love it. He speaks to me a lot like this. Um, but he just said, maintain, maintain an open heaven. Now, I didn't know that Bethel, I think just even maybe it was Friday and Saturday. I don't even know. Was it this week? They had their Open Heavens Conference, but I didn't know it. And so later on in the day, Lynn was like, hey, did you listen to Bill? Because we listen to Bill a lot. And so he hadn't been preaching recently, I think probably because Benny's been sick. And so I was like, no, you know, great. He's got a new one out. We've been listening to the old ones, you know, and he hasn't spoken in probably, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten services. And so um, whenever I forgot all about it, and late last night, about 11 o'clock, I remembered. And so I turned it on, and, um, and he started talking about his new book, Open Heavens, which he didn't actually mean to intersect with the conference at all. So then I was like, whoa, I think I heard that earlier today. And so I know y'all probably don't believe me, but that's really true. Like, it was just a continual confirmation. So I stayed up, and I read the book. Um, partially, because I just got so stirred up in my spirit that, um, what does he mean? 
I was so curious. Aren't you curious? Aren't you curious about what an open heaven means? So I wanted to tell you, you know, some of it's from what he told me and some of it's from Bill and, you know, let's just act like it's all from me. But it's just all from the Holy Spirit, right? You don't really care where it comes from, right? So a couple of things that, that I wrote down yesterday morning was the enemy's goal is to reduce our authority and power to just earthly flesh. That we miss the supernatural atmospheric pressures and victories. Since we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, our, our battles are not with people. But we kind of want people to change so we don't battle with them. I think little, I, I wrote this down. Um, Let's see if I can stumble upon it. I think I think it actually came from little Brian Johnson. I'm not even sure because I didn't write down who wrote it, which I'm bad about that. I'm really sorry. I gather too much information to care where it sources from because I really think it's all from the Holy Spirit. If you chase battles, you aren't supposed to fight. You won't have enough strength to fight the battle you're meant to fight. So... One of the things that we talk about occasionally, I'm actually starting a series today on maintaining an open heaven over your life. But one of the things we have to realize is that God is training us to war. But just like it says in, let's read Revelations 19, I, um, I gave the little songwriting team of Shudi and... Aaron and Cece, a little prophetic, hour and a half prophetic word yesterday. <laughs> That's what I did yesterday. Um, I just sat and talked as fast as I could, as long as I could. And then when we finally got to the punchline, I just gave them another punchline, and I just knocked them over then at that point. Um, but it, it started in Revelations 19, and it says, And I saw an open heaven, and suddenly a white horse appeared, and the name on the one writing it was faithful and true and with pure righteousness he judges and rides to battle is that you yes. no easy is that you riding on that horse who's riding the battle is it you who is who the one the faithful and true. Who's faithful and true? Who is, who is that? It's Jesus. Jesus is on the horse. You're not riding into battle. Stay with me if you can. And he wore many regal crowns. And his eyes were flashing like flames of fire. And he had a secret name inscribed on him. That's only known to himself. You can read the rest of that later, but I was thinking that one of the things we have to change is how we look at battling. And so I, I had this picture, and so Tessa and I, we collabed at 11 o'clock last night, I think, um, 
You know, I was telling the girls this morning, I said, I'm going to say, I, I've got a job description for a job I need someone to do. And it doesn't pay anything. And the hours were really wacky. Like at any time, any moment, I could be calling you. And you've got to read my mind. And you have to know what I mean, even if I can't describe it to you. And you have to yield to the Holy Spirit. And you have to be available anywhere. And you'll get no credit. Does anybody want that job? You have to be full. You have to be able to be an artist and be able to do PowerPoint and all that. But anyway, I know it's okay. I'll do that job. But Tess is helping me. Come on, at our at our hours of the night, I can tend to feel bad about that. That's why I'm being funny about it. But she don't care. Um, so she made this really cool um, slide. So I wanted to. I made a little PowerPoint for us today. And so um, part of the reason why I wanted her to draw this was because the Holy Spirit's been talking to me about the different realms between here and heaven on the open heaven channel. Do you believe that there's an open heaven? Do you believe that it's already open? Do you believe that God opened it? Yes. I don't know. I can't tell if you believe. Let's, let's, let, me, can, let me prove it to you, okay? okay. Mark 1, it says, let's go to Mark 1. You want to? I can just read it to you if you don't have time to turn there. But, you know, we're just here. One day Jesus came from Galilee and village of Nazareth. And John immersed him in the Jordan River. What was this called? It's the baptism of Jesus, right? The moment Jesus rose up out of the water, John saw the heavenly realm split open. It's never been reading so back. He, God never sewed that back together. It's my awareness that has put scales on my eyes. To the thing that's been happening for 2,000, 3,000 years. John saw, why did the heavens have to be split in that moment? Here it is. And the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove. God had to rip the heaven open. You remember in Isaiah, they cried out for it. Rend the heavens. Isaiah 64, right? Rend the heavens and come down. He said, all right. I've got something I can rest on now. I got somebody that will live with a dove in mind now. And in that moment, the portal of heaven was open and it's never been closed. Now, what do I do with this portal? Let's give some instruction, shall we? I made you a PowerPoint of instruction. Uh, Vinton, let's jump down to number four, slide four. Here's what Tessa drew for me here. So the earth is that round ball down there at the bottom. It's partly green and yellow. I mean, uh, blue. The blue part is water. The green part is grass. Because... Whenever God breathed on the chaos, it's, he made some separations of things 
so that you wouldn't be those aquatic people. You're land dwellers. You're people of the day. That's why we can't work at night, because we're not people of the night. Are you with me? This is where you live. This is your occupation during your 100 years. Now, after the heavens were opened, then another transaction occurred between God and Jesus. He paid a price for you to get a free pass to sit at the throne with Jesus. Anytime you want to be aware that it's available. I go there every day. When I sing, take me on a tour of heavens because I've been. I don't talk about it. But in heaven is activities that God expects me to make sure they happen on the circle. They're already happening in heaven. And the reason why that he had to rend the heavens as we cried out for in Isaiah, and he did it whenever he ascended, the Holy Spirit came to the earth, and he's been here ever since, is because without the Holy Spirit, I can't make earth look like heaven. See, when God first created man, he created them in a garden. He created them in a place that his presence could walk around freely, and that was like heaven. Just grab hold of your head a minute and say, man, imagination, get a hold of God's stuff. So let's just act like this open heaven, like it's this, I like to think of it as a big old clear cylinder. It's about this wide for me because then sometimes I need to fly like this as I go up. I, I, I envision this all the time. My imagination is extremely active with God. Again, I don't talk about it a lot, but it is. So my cylinder is real big, and I can see everything as I'm going up and down. Now, I had her draw this second heaven, because what's in the second heaven now? Before I move on, Vinton, let's just jump down to number five. This is from Bill's book. First, The first heaven is the realm we live in day to day. I just said all that. It is all that is earthly and seen with natural eyes this already tells us that there's i said it already earlier there's already different realms it's my awareness of what's going on in the realms that has to shift the realms aren't changing earth is chaotic i think i wrote this down it was a really good line by Teresa rogers let me see if i can find it Somewhere it's here. Where chaos exists, I'm placed. Because why? I have access to the heavenly realm to find out from Papa what he wants on that chaotic plot. See, it does me no good to just state what's chaotic. The enemy's goal is to reduce our authority and power to just earthly flesh. That we miss the supernatural 
atmospheric. Okay, let's go back to number five. The second heaven area. That's where the angelic and demonic hosts, they're angels. Remember, all the demonic hosts was an angel. We don't call them that anymore. They got demoted in their name-o. But they're still angels. We just call them principalities and powers now. But they're still, the, the heavenly word for that being is angelic. The demonic realm is principality. They're the, you understand they were created the same. And so, I'm not, I don't believe that I am meant to war in the second heaven. Now, I know some people believe you are. And y'all, you can believe that. I'm not going to be mad at you. It's exhausting. I've done it. I'm not going to do it. Because I'm, my war is watch Mr. White Horse Man. Keep my, my eyes beholden onto him. And I'm not trying to change the second heaven. I don't believe I have authority in the second heaven. Now you can, and like I said, I'm not be mad if we disagree. Let's just act like it doesn't matter, okay? Because if some of y'all want to do that up there, go ahead. It's tiring to me. I meant to reproduce on heaven what he put me, I mean, on earth, what he put me here, and my instructions come from heaven. I don't need to stop by the second heaven to see what they're doing. Y'all can. But I, that's just a floor I don't push the button on. There's three floors on my elevator, and one and three is all I need. Now, I'm aware that there's demonic and angelic forces. If I stumble on one, I shoot him. I mean, the demon part. If I... If my, one of my angels loses its feather, I pick it up for him. I mean, I'm aware, but that's not my focus. The white horseman, he's the battler. I can tell you if I'm in a battle and I just begin to say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Sometimes I can just say his name, Jesus. Sometimes I say, help me, help me, help me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If I say that long enough, I can't remember why I was battling anymore. We just want to throw up one Jesus. And that may not be, maybe the white horse needed to t- travel a few more miles. Jesus, 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 go. Jesus, ride. It didn't even say I was on the horse with him when he rode to battle. See, now y'all can battle any way you want to battle. If you hang out with me a little while, you realize I don't battle a lot. So y'all do you battle any way you want, but this is how I do it. I'm just telling you how I do it. If we actually took our godly authority and power and and we operated it on the issues that God placed us in, we would actually have world peace. Listen, your battle isn't with flesh and blood. See, my, my ability to speak the actual message just as act like that god gave you a daily message because when you're in heaven that morning during your quiet time you got a message 
And he gave you an assignment for that day. See, what we do is we get all triggered up because we switch the assignment. He gives us an assignment. And we're like, hey, I'm black hearted today. Let's go on a search. Come on. Let me get some friends, some mentors, some phone calls. And let's go on a journey. Figure out where that black heart exists in me. And my whole assignment wasn't even about that. My whole assignment was, you're going to run into somebody later today. It feels like they got a black heart. What kind of message do you have for them? See, I have found that our assignments are common to us. We twist them around because we have zingers come by. I mean, I'm, I got a front row seat of, of, of lots of people, but I love to pick on Mendel a little bit because I can see when a zinger comes by and every time one comes by, there's some, there used to be months of chaos. I, I think she would say this. And now she, she, her turnaround time's quicker. But when she, when she gets off on what the assignment was, like she gets distracted, where from? From some of them second heaven people. <laughs> came down to mess you up, then when that distraction occurs, that, that little loop of distraction before we get back, to, that might be two minutes or two weeks. But right on the other side of that is a major revelation every time. It was always available. It's not, I, she told me I could say it. It's always available. It was available the first minute, but think of it. These two simultaneous things are happening. We're getting assignments and messages, and we're getting opposition. Which one distracts me? Because, see, then I, I don't utilize the open heaven. I don't know if you're following me or not. That's okay. Let's just keep trying. Here's another thing he told me. Some of the things in God's kingdom are the same for everyone. While other things are significantly individual and specific. So we all have to believe. Jesus is the way. We all have to receive salvation through repentance. Same for everyone. Right? That's, that's the access code. Agreed? But my assignment's not like yours. My personality's not like yours. My interaction with people's not like yours. I can't then cookie cutter everybody and say everyone has to do it the same way. I don't, I don't always know how Pam battles. I just know she's different than me. I just trust her because she chose to, because God told her to, battle for me. Maybe you don't have one. Every man that's married, you're to battle for your family. Let me just say that up front. And it's just so helpful, isn't it? Because, see, what we have to realize is God gave us roles. We, we are always exchanging supernatural roles for natural ones. We are all the time. We take the Ten Commandments and we just mess those around and try to make them fit into our... We, we as humans, I'm just telling you, we try to make everything natural and everything is actually supernatural. And the more time that I understand... See, 
just think of a day when all the natural stuff just created so much chaos for you. Just think about how those of you who God has called to heal people who have physical sickness. Wow, that's been miserable for you, hadn't it? Spent your whole life at the doctor, at the hospital, can't tell which one's you, which one's somebody else. Thousands of dollars in medical bills, I am sure. All in search of what? Fixes pain. When the whole time it was in people. The whole time it wasn't even in you. You're to walk in divine health. Wouldn't it be mean of God to put that calling on your life and then make you totally sick all the time? He'd be up there going, ha, ha, ha. See, some things are illogical, even supernaturally. So see, if I don't understand the character and nature of God, and He transferred His nature and character into me and made me in His image, then I have to conduct myself on the little circle that He put me like He would if He was here. I have all authority. I have complete. I can go up and down to heaven as many times as I want in, in a second as I want to. It happens like that. Faster than a blink of the eye. How much time do you spend there seated with Jesus? They're having a board meeting all the time. And you're invited. You have a seat at the table. See, if I realize how I have the seat at the first heaven, I mean the third heaven table, then everything I do on this first level looks different. Nothing bothers me that everybody's doing. I can't be, let the, the chaos has nothing to do with me. I'm the problem solver of the chaos. So the third heaven, let's jump. Where's our little slide about that? V? Let's see. It's probably number six. Oh, wait, no, let's do number two. We didn't finish. The second heaven, this is slide number six. Yeah. Second heaven, that is the realm of angels and demons. It's a spiritual and unseen realm with the natural eye, but it is not the realm of heaven itself. I just talked about that. Okay, let's look at the third heaven. The third heaven is, that is the realm of heaven itself where the throne of God is. Everything in that realm is perfect and wonderful made under his dominion and rule righteousness peace and joy are prevailing influences as all that exists finds its identity and fulfillment in his design listen to that one statement right there fulfillment and his design that's the entire circle is looking for that repeat that to yourself over and over fulfillment in his design do you not see how the demonic is coming against his design in all these places? He's stolen our children. He, that he has convinced people's minds that there's something that they are not. Why? Where were we? See the, see, the thing about the open heaven is that I have something in my possession Am I utilizing it the way it was meant to be utilized? The heavens were rent when he was baptized, not when he was crucified. 
In that moment, the power of the Holy Spirit arrived on planet Earth and he's never left. When they went, it, okay, I got something else I have to tell you now. Let's go over to Acts. I have so much. I just have so much. I'm not going to be able to do it all today, but that's okay. It's because it's a series. Bill said this, um, I think it was in his message or book or something, but I loved it. He said, one of the ways that you can tell you have revival is these responses in Acts 2. I've never seen it before. In verse 6, it says the crowd gathered and they were be 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 bewildered. Because why were they be be bewildered? People were speaking. Remember, there was a sound. Think about that clap of thunder the other day that thing blew out our garage door opener it blew out our cable box it just blew stuff all over the place we were like okay did lynn thought it hit in our backyard but it blew stuff up why the power so in acts or i don't know if you in acts the power of god came down and they didn't do the same response they did back at the mountain But there were still some people in the room, and they were, there's a crowd that gathered, and they were hearing people speak some weird language, right? And then, of course, then they, they began the process of trying to understand what in the world's going on. Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears in our own language or native language? dialect I propose to you can I go out on a limb with you yes. that the people they were hearing were just speaking a Holy Ghost language but it's the ears of the hearer that were hearing something think of it think of it what were they hearing they were hearing this sound that they understood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Pam and I learned this years ago in our wonderful construction business where we would, we used to do this thing called faux finishes, where basically you got paid lots of money to push a sponge on a wall a whole bunch of times real fast. <laughs> And they sold these fancy glazes. That's what they called them, glazing. Back in the day, since I've been in a long time, we used to call it antiquing. Now you buy antiques. I don't know why, but you do. <laughs> and we would make up a sample board. And can I tell you, there was not one person... That after we did it on the wall, they wouldn't say, I love that so much better than the board. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So see, what you, what you have to understand is that in this moment, there was this sound. And so they were. it was better than the person speaking it could even understand. That's why speaking in tongues is so important. Stop trying to understand what you're doing. The Holy Spirit's just looking for a mouth. 
That's why when if you're called to intercessory, most sanguines are, sorry, most people are, then that then that have a mouth, then then use your mouth. To let the Holy Spirit say something through you in the language that the people can understand it. In their sound. I love it. You jump on down. I'm not preaching on this. Verse 12, it says, And they were beside themselves with amazement and greatly perplexed. So we've got the people up here that are bewildered. And now we've got the amazed and perplexed people, right? And they're like, what does this mean? And then, here's the third set. The laughing, joking, and ridiculing people. I love Billy. He said, sounds like revival to me. There's always those three folks looking on. None None of them were participating. They were all just onlookers judging you by how you conduct your life. We're talking about maintaining an open heaven over our life. Can you see when you look at the onlookers and you hear their voices, that's not the tongue of the Holy Spirit. Tessa wrote a really cool word. Let's, let's read it, shall we? She said, this morning I was hearing chaos theory. I don't know if you know it, but I've just been talking about chaos. We didn't get together and talk or anything. I had no idea what this was. Of course she didn't because she wasn't preaching. So after some research, I found it is a worldly idea of the butterfly effect, a theory of seemingly random and small things creating a huge effect that a butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil could cause a tornado in Texas. This is what it said to me. My darling, my dear, the series of events in the universe are not random. The title sequence of the universe is I hovered over the chaos. What was shapeless was brought to form. What was random brought to beauty. You see how this relates to your life is that in these defining moments, the moments that I make the man I am is woven in. I am is causing all things to turn into good. Every ounce of chaos brought under the creator. I am is hovering over you, making every moment of chaos collide with the creator. I am in these moments creating you. There is some truth in chaos theory, but what they leave out is that I hovered. You underestimate what my hovering does. You find the small things insignificant, while the truth is that the small things create the whole of a man, made up from parts. God neglected these things can take a shape and that shapes the whole into something other than its intended purpose. Don't discount the flap of the butterfly's wings, the melodic beating of the drum that causes thunder. Your participation, your yes, is one of the most important causes of effect 
in the universe. Don't discount your yes. Don't forget that I'm hovering over the chaos and causing it to take form. The parts that make the whole are showing up for rehearsal, taking on a new shape, given a position that accurately fits them, their unique role that shapes the whole. Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. I am the divine coordinator. I'm the instructor and reminder of all that is good and holy and perfect. All that is already implanted inside you, designed by me, for me, with the whole world in mind. I am the butterfly effect. That's what I'm talking about today. You know, I was thinking this morning that, that the way that I begin to maintain the open heaven over my whole life, over my own life. Remember, it's already open. I've got to learn to access it for its purpose. You were created for such a time as this. You were created to be here when COVID happened. You were created to be here when worldly events are happening. It is the shaping of you. It is the shaping so that the divine character of God can flow through you and change the chaos landscape into heaven. And I have to spend time in heaven to know what it's supposed to look like down here. Heaven isn't just sitting around with some puffy, cherubim, naked baby angels playing the harp. Let's read Ezekiel to help you out with this picture, shall we? I looked up and I saw a ferocious and stormy wind coming from the north, a monstrous cloud filled with the constant dance of lightning surrounded by a glowing, all-encompassing light. At the center of the lightning flashes was something that looked like gleaming metal. And within that otherworldly scene were what looked like four living creatures. The creatures had a form that resembled humans, but they each had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight like pillars of a temple, and their feet looked like the hoofs of a calf and shimmered in the firelight like polished bronze. They had human hands on all four sides and under each wing. All four of these living creatures had faces and wings, and their wings touched one another. And as they moved, they did not turn to the right or left. They all went straight ahead. Each of the four creatures had four faces. A human face in the front, a face of a lion on the right, a face of an ox on the left, and a face of an eagle in the back. Their features of their faces were similar. Two of the creature's wings stretched upward, and one wing on each side of the creature was touching the wing of the creature on the other side of it. The other two wings covered each creature's body. All of the living creatures went straight ahead wherever the Spirit directed them. The creatures moved without turning to the right or left. The living creatures had an appearance of something that looked like burning coal, burning charcoal. Untamed ribbons of fire darted back and forth among them. Put your hand on your head. Say, come on, imagination. Get with it. 
it was all very bright and lightning bolted out of the glowing fire. The living creatures ran back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I observed the living creatures with their four faces, I saw a wheel on the ground next to each one of them. The wheels glittered like sun-kissed jewels. All four wheels looked exactly alike and each appearing to have another wheel inside of it. As the wheels moved, they were able to go in four directions the living creatures faced. They rolled straight ahead, never swerving to the right or to the left. The rims of the four wheels were tall and inspired fear filled with eyes all around. The, living, the wheels went wherever the living creatures went. And when the living creatures moved, the wheels stayed right beside them. When the living creatures rose up from the ground, the wheels rose with them. The living creatures went wherever the Spirit directed, and the wheels stayed right beside them. For the Spirit of the creatures directed the wheels. When the creatures moved, so did the wheels. When the creatures stood, so did the wheels. When the creatures rose from the ground, so did the wheels. Because the spirit of the four living creatures was in the wheel. Suspended above the living creatures was something like a broad expanse. It had an awesome gleam like a crystal ceiling and stretched wide over them. Beneath the expanse, the creatures stretched out their wings toward each other and each creature had another pair of wings it used to cover both sides of its body. Whenever the creatures moved, I heard the violent fluttering of their wings like roaring rapids, like the voice of God Almighty, like the sound of an army besieging a city. Remember, we're talking about what you hear. Whenever the creatures stopped, they lowered their wings to their side and they stood silent with their wings lowered and a thunderous voice sounded high above the expanse above their heads. And above that expanse over their heads was something that looked like a throne made of sapphire. And sitting on that throne high above the earth was a human-like figure. I saw his waist up and I saw what looked to be glowing metal surrounded by an all-encompassing fire. Below his waist, I looked and I saw something like a blazing fire. A glorious radiance was all around him. The glorious radiance resembled a rainbow that lights up the clouds on a rainy day. This was nothing less than the glory of the eternal that appeared to me. And when I saw this vision of the eternal and his glory, I fell up on my face and I heard a voice speaking to me. That's Ezekiel 1. You'll have to go to 2 to see what he said. Is that not a perfect picture of this realm? He's trying to describe it with his imagination. But do you see, he didn't stop at the realm where the creatures were. He, he, he went on. <laughs> it wasn't until he went on. This is my proof today that I'm going to sit at the throne and I'm going to hear 
the one true eternal God speak. There's all kinds of other activity going on in that second heaven. There's activity, and if you're in your little cylinder, you're going to be looking around, and they're going to be flying around. They're going to be trying to get you and speak to you, distract you. But guess what? It isn't until I fell on my face and I heard him speaking to me face to face at the throne room. That's the goal. That's the goal of the open heaven. The goal of the open heaven is to let nothing distract me. No matter what, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. My goal is to ascend through the portal that was rent open. When we cried out in Isaiah, rend the heavens and come down. He says, I will rip them open. And guess what? After I rip them open, I'll put the Holy Spirit down there and he'll never leave. And the sign to everybody else that you're possessed by the Holy Spirit is that you speak in a language they can understand even though you don't know what you're saying. That's the benefit of an open heaven. I don't know about you. That sounds good. You know, I was asking today, I said, well, what... How do we maintain? That's the title of my message. How do we maintain it? And I love it because he said this. It always starts with what I offer. My offering. You know, the first time it's ever talked about, let's, let's look at it. It's in Mount, Malachi, you know, the Italian. Mmm, Italian. Mmm. Mmm, Italian. Mmm. Mmm, Italian. That sounds good to me right now. Does that sound good to you? Listen. I love it. Malachi 3.10. This is, this is what it says. Are you ready? You got to read the first nine, okay? But there is a bad situation going on. All right? Some chaos. We've been talking about chaos, right? This is what he said. To rectify the situation... You must bring the entire tithe to the storehouse in the temple so that there will be food for me. So your greatest lesson, the, the beginning 101 of an open heaven is that I had to provide from what God gave me so God can eat. That's why if you think you're giving your tithe to a building, to a person, to an organization, to a church, you're not. It's so God can eat. And once you learn that principle, this is what he said. So there might be food for me and for the Levites. Who are the Levites? The priests. The ones that are what? Uh huh. Keeping the house going in my house. Feel free to test me and, and, and see this. See whether or not I, the eternal, the commander of the heavenly armies. Why did he even throw in another battle theme? We're talking about tithing and food, and right? He's just trying to tell you who he is. You want him to fight your battle? Come on. The eternal commander of the heavenly army will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing until all needs are satisfied. 
See, it's another place. This is just the windows. I don't know about you. Do you go into your house through the window? (laughs) Right now we're doing a flip. And we put a door where the window was. We're kind of going through the window. It's eventually going to be the real door. Now it's not the real door. It's just a fake door. Right? But see, he's saying, I've got this, this is open access. But this is just coming out the windows of heaven. Because why? Windows is bursting with products and resources, inheritances. But see, I've got to maintain the awareness of what the open heaven is for. And so that's the very, I mean, to me, it's the very first step. It always starts with what I have to offer. My life, my way, my expectation, my dreams, my resources, all of my stuff is little. Just think about your way for a minute. Think about when you had to have your way. Can you feel it? Some of y'all still have it. I know it's all right now. I know I'm poking you and your exile is going, whoa, wait, I don't know. Right? See, my way was developed through a series of events. Agreed? And so when God comes and says, I'll give you my hand, what are you putting in it? Your way. Have you been able to give that up yet? Some of y'all are struggling. Struggling, struggling, struggling. You're hanging on so tight to your way when, he, when Yahweh's the way. Yeah. I like um, another little thing that, that Bill said. I think it's slide number two there. This is his invitation. Come up here. It's in Revelation. Let me see if I wrote that down. I think I did. Yeah, you can read later. It's Revelation 4. I heard him speaking with me. And he said, come up here. (laughs) I love it. It says, ascend into this other realm. It's not the realm you were born in down here. But naturally. This was your second birth, third, fourth birth, whatever. You were originally built by the Creator in that third heaven, that place that Ezekiel was trying so hard to describe. Can't you see your own life doing this? How you're trying to figure out which is real, which is His voice, where did it come from, what is it saying? Can you not feel the strain? Can't you see the egg on his heart like, please, I'm the one that's always said it. I'm the one that made you. I'm the one that put you here. I'm the one that decided when you would come. I'm the one that decided what color you would be. I'm the one that decided what state you would live in. I'm the one that decided what gender you'd be. I'm the one that decided how tall you'd be. I'm the one that decided what mission you have. I'm the one that gives you the assignment. I'm the one that's speaking. I'm the one with the power. I'm the one with the authority. I'm the one. So when I'm like going, yeah, I want to do my way. Don't you think he's like going, what? 
Am I offending you right now? No. 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 Don't you think he's saying what? See, my little bit of these acts of obedience and awareness activates so much more in the supernatural realm. I can't do those same acts on earth. I can't do those same acts in the natural. They don't produce supernatural things. I can't go plant a $10 bill in the backyard. Let me give you another example. I can tell you are like half of the new gate. I can't take a $10 bill and go plant it in the backyard in the ground and go out there in a few years and it'd be a million dollars. It's a natural thing. But see, I can plant something in the house. Now you have, see, until you believe this, then I'm supplying what feeds me. See, you have to be spiritually nourished. Your supernatural man is saying, please, someone challenge me, feed me, call me up higher. Don't let me be little. Don't let me live by all the firefighters and protectors that somebody else told me I could. I was listening to Lenny yesterday. She was challenging somebody. And it was a married couple, so you know it can just be a few of (laughs) y'all. But the one protector in the one half of the marriage was protecting the protector in the other half of the marriage. And I was like, oh, we taught each other that. Think of that for a minute. We reduced marriage, a covenant from God to actually create and transform society into just protecting each other. I love this. It says, John did not simply watch these things happen through an open door. He was taken through the open door into the heavenly realm. Jesus stood knocking, ready to pass through the door. Now John passes through the open door into heaven. That's the key. When Jesus came and said, I'm knocking, and you open the door, he said, Come on, I've got another door for us to go through. Do you not understand that my invitation from God and my response to that says, Come on up here. Come on up here to heaven. Stuff's happening up here. It's fun up here. There's no sorrow or dying or death. And you can see all that earthly stuff you're all worried about through completely different lenses. And the enemy's like, no, look over there. It's all messed up. That's never going to change. It is. And we're like, where? Yeah, it's been that way a while. Yeah, man, several generations back, no one has ever not been an alcoholic in my family. Come on. Let me show you a couple more slides before we go, okay? Number three, there, V. An open heavens makes what exists in the perfect God realm available to influence and shape the first heaven. 
Say available. 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 What does available mean? It's available to your usage. So God has made a way for this availability to shape the circle. Do you see that? First heaven, where we live without the interference from the second realm. I'm giving you the key to this today. See, we get so caught up. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, V, let's jump on down to number eight. The, the open heavens give us a unique vantage point from which to see. This is really the only issue we have, people. You ready? Just how we see. Because when I can see it, I'm pretty sure most of y'all in here, when you can see it, you'll do it. I'm just saying that by faith. When you see it. Right? Did you know you got some protectors that blind you? I'm just saying. Perception is clearer in the open heaven realm. Everyone sees better and thinks clearer in the heaven-like environment. I'm telling y'all, this happens to all of y'all. Whenever you are all chaotic, you're just doing this one thing. You just spent too much time on the circle without going up to heaven. That's all you've done. You can transport to heaven. Bam! There you are. It doesn't even take any. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to pray for 12 hours. You don't have to fast. See, we, the old religious spirit is all this activity to get the thing that was free. Yeah. Elevator's always going. It's never shut down. It's going to get on that dude and get up there. Yeah. Number nine, there V. Interestingly, this manifestation of an open heaven was in response to tithing and giving, which is the beginning place of good stewardship and money and resources. I just read you that scripture. So that's the very first time he said it. I'll open the heavens. And he said, test me. See, God's smart. He knew he'd love money. He made you that way. He made you to want to prosper. He made you want to. Pro- he made you to want to provide food for him and his Levites. He made you that way, and that's the promise of increased abundance for you. Hoarding it, for, hoarding it for yourself and buying more hot dogs. That's not it. You might as well just go bury it out in the backyard in some dirt. It will grow the same. See, there's principles of the open heaven. You have to keep maintaining for the open heaven to be open in your mind. It's always open in his mind. This is good. Okay, the next one. Open heavens give greater and clearer perception of the ultimate reality. Do you believe that? Doesn't this make you think that you think so tiny? Poo poo tiny thinking, I say today. Come on, let's just put your hands on it. Come on. Say, come on, imagination. Get with it. Come on, think like God. He made you in his image to think just like him. Well, whoever told you all that other stuff, just tell your mind to stop. 
I mean, if you realize all I have to do is just in this, I'm in heaven. Well, look around. I mean, things look different up here. I'm going to make that happen down here where I live. With this, it's just with this. Mr. Whitehorse man's doing battling. Stop going up there to that second heaven and looking around. They'll scare you. You won't be able. Is that because remember he masquerades as a child of light. So you are you you maybe can't differentiate all the time. So I would just quit battling up there. Why don't we just use our authority with the Holy Spirit and yield and let Him flow through us and trying to command a whole bunch of stuff to do a bunch of stuff? Right? I have an, I have plenty to do. Listen, I've seen I've been in this my whole life, and I've seen it. I've seen it. We used to holler and scream and shout, and we'd work ourselves into oblivion, sweat, all kinds of stuff. Just, man, because why? We just felt like we needed to do more. We never could see Jesus riding into battle with His righteousness. Faithful and true. Faithful and true. Faithful and true. Faithful and true. On my behalf. I have plenty of an assignment to do here. Just with my gift and with my assignment and with my daily instructions, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. If you see a demon, just shoot him, but just keep going. Listen, the demonic realm can't stop us. So let us not pause to see what they're doing. Okay, the next one. Not seeing Jesus on the throne and not living conscious of that reality will always cause us to become more aware of inferior realities. That's really all that's going on, and the enemy loves that. He loves to pile, dogpile you. He'll, he'll get in there with one little thought about something gone wrong someday long ago with people that don't even probably live on anymore on the planet, and you'll just be in the past. You'll be lotty. You'll be... Sk- You'll just be a pillar of salt doing that. You'll become a salt lick. That's what's happened to us. Seriously, we've got stuck in the past. So that means that I have to behold him. We sang about it so poor. I was like, oh my gosh, if I could have just told them what to sing, they would have sung that. They sung it today. It's in the beholding of him. When I behold him more, I see how amazing I am. Because he wouldn't make me. And he wouldn't put me here with no purpose, with no amazement, with no abilities, with no surplus, with no identity, with no inheritance. With no, He wouldn't. Can we do a couple more? And open heaven is all about the presence of God. Seeing, understanding, encountering and perceiving realities that circumstances would deny. And people. You go tell you go tell a pre-believer, hey, it thundered the other day, my my woman at church told me what that meant. And they'd be like, people just make people just make they just make spiritual stuff out of nothing. It's all spiritual stuff, baby. Let me just tell you. That's what Tess's word. Until you accelerate the tiny things, he'll never let you see the big things. I don't even talk about the big stuff that he lets me see. It's not even come out of my mouth. 
Because I because we have to learn to value and honor the little. Did you know just the fact that you're in a house that would actually be on the cutting edge of worship and revelation should be something you get on your face every day and honor God for just the privilege that you get to walk in the door and that you get to say, oh my gosh, you're telling me stuff that I am nothing the same that I was last year. It's in that reality of honor and thanksgiving and gratefulness that it propels us into more. Our hearts become so enlarged with the ability to maintain more seed. Wait, I didn't finish that one, V. Go back. <laughs> Participating in greater realities and partnering with him to see the abundance of his world come and fill ours. Yeah. Do you ever think like that? I think like that all the time. I'm like, man, I just see this stuff all around heaven. And I'm like, dang, I mean, this is, this is going to happen on earth. This is going to happen on earth. Remember, we've got to change. Come on, put your hand on. Come on, imagination. Come on. We've got to change our minds about what's going on in heaven. Let me just say it like this. It's doable on earth. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit lives here? One third of the Godhead. Wow. Decided to leave heaven to take up residence in humanity. Okay, I'm ready. We are so accustomed to reading prophecies that still need to be need fulfillment that we all too often live unaware of what has already been accomplished. I lived in this reality my whole life, waiting. For sweet by and by, we will meet on that beautiful shore. At least I had water, is what I used to say. <laughs> just thinking about Cancun right now. It just, hey! Right now, I'm thinking about that guacamole pan right now. It's not Ted's. I'm just saying. Okay, let's keep going. Come on, we're getting off food on food now. Okay, um, let's go down to 15. Our problem is not that we need God to do something in addition to what's already happened. Our problem is that we live unaware of what He's already done for us and how He's designed us to live as a result. So if God's already supplied something, and I know it, some of you are getting it, and you're like, oh my gosh, like I was living so tiny just for some little thing within my little fleshly man to be happy. Now I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I have all this power, ability, authority in, in an actual place that I can actually see it transformed. Yes. We think about me for a minute. I've seen y'all transformed. Yeah. I have seen you people in this, all of you. Quit acting like I'm not talking about you right now. All of you people, in every single one of you, all you that are skeptics right now, whether you change or not, you have changed. And see, because of that, you want someone else to change. And you want to do it. You want to be like me. And you want to change people's lives because you know how good it feels for someone to believe in you. 
Let's just multiply that over and over and over. World peace. Do you see it? Let's leave it. Oh, world peace. Didn't it feel good for a minute? You have that power. You. Say that to yourself right now. He put that the Holy Spirit living in me. That's the power. That's the power. So change your mind about what chaos is doing to you. Sure, it's bumping you around. You don't like it. Lynn spent about seven hours on the phone with Cox Cable the last couple. For what? TV. For TV. She was getting all cranky last night. She had been on the phone for two hours. I kept hanging up on her. I was like, hey, it's 11. Why don't you just let that go tonight? Okay. See, we get all, are you following me? Get all wrangled up and tangled up and encumbered. Let me use some big words. Right? On nothing. Can I do a couple more? Did I finish that one? Yes. We live in a spiritual world with light and darkness, good and evil, spiritual forces of wickedness that work to interfere with what God is saying and doing. Listen, I just told Mendel this week, I said, listen, you're at a new place, you've matured, and you're at a new level, and now your question has to begin to be this. What is going on in the supernatural realm right now? That's got to be your question. Not how am I feeling? Not if everything's going good here on the natural level. Am I good? Am I solid? Do people like me? No. What is happening? Because, see, there's interference. Can I tell you, there are a billion voices out there giving all kinds of instruction. I mean, I just looked up Open Heavens just in Google America, and I literally found a guy that said this right here, and I sent it to Lynn this morning because I could not quit laughing. Part of the purpose in seeking an open heaven is to have God become more real in our lives as we move away from ritualism into a deeper relationship with Him. That sounded pretty good so far, right? Such a goal is worthy. Oh, I was beginning to feel it right there with that line. But the open heavens movement. Oh, it's become a movement. I mean, weird when you could just read that scripture, right? Like many trends in Christianity, especially charismatic ones, moves away from scripture. As the sole source of truth, substituting experience and modern day prophecies and the yearning for the exceptional. Y'all stop yearning for that exceptional. Quit acting like there's any modern day prophecies. This was the number one on Google search. Number one. Mr. Got questions guy. He's got questions he cannot answer, but he just answers them anyway. That's the, that is the reality of what you're living in. When you try to believe, do you feel it? Yes. That's a Christian guy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Quit acting like you can be all, uh-uh, no, we are just sin-soaked sinners. That's all we can ever be. Are you, ah, I'm a... <laughs> Right? How many were raised like that? Okay. So anyway, all I was saying was be careful 
what you listen to that believes different than what God's, I mean, I just keep saying it. God is instructing us. We have a covering. We have a mission. We have a belief system. We have a way that we believe. Be careful. I am never going to be at your house checking what you watch on YouTube, but you be careful because it will infiltrate your heart and spirit. And before you know it, you'll be a skeptic of what God's trying to pour out to you and free you in. Because there's a bunch of people that believe a bunch of ways. I've read a bunch of them. I've believed some different ways than I believe now. It's natural. But we have to be careful if it, if it is not. God is challenging us to risk the biscuit. I mean, it's just the truth. He's challenging us to do something different than we were raised in, right? And there's an enemy to that. And so, man, you'll just click on YouTube. It'll be right there. And you'll watch it. And then it'll be like, oh, really? And what happens is when we're not good at it, we begin to question reality. And all, all of a sudden, you don't know what's real. The character and nature of God is what's real. And that is what we're striving for, is to believe what He said we could do. And if He said that the heavens were rent and that the, that the Holy Spirit came down through an open heaven, and we saw it in Matthew and we saw it in Revelation, and I didn't see any verses in there that said He came with His sowing kit and He sowed it right back up. In fact, he just kept ripping more stuff. He ripped the natural veil in the temple just to show them it was really done. They went and got their sewing kids as fast as they could, and they were in there sewing that thing right back together. And that's what religion does. Get that stuff sewed back up. You're believing too crazy. You're going to be in heresy before you know it, and then what will you be? You'll be in hell. Okay, I just have a few. Can I do a couple more? We often wait for God to act when He, in fact, is waiting for us to believe. Are you with Him? Can't you just say, I want to believe more? How many were raised like that? That we're just waiting for God to act. Wonder what He was going to do. I mean, really, who, who was raised like that? Yeah. It's weird how now that you realize that was a wrong theology, like to actually motivate yourself. Like every now and you catch yourself going, oh, right, it's me. I've got, oh, right, I've got to say that. I've got to pray that. Right, 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 right. That's me. That's me. That's me. I mean, for a minute, I was just thinking it was God, and I was just waiting for something to happen. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, no, I get to do that. That's, I get the privilege of doing that. I don't want to raise a generation of people that are waiting around for God. In the swing we often... Uh, are, mm, did I, I already did it. Go. Go now. Our problem lies in our tendency to live aware of what the devil has done or is doing and then react to it. Say, stop doing that! You know how you can tell if it discourages you, makes you afraid, makes you get into a weird, unsweet spot feeling place? Devil. Distraction. Don't even dissect it. Don't, don't even go over there and figure out why you feel that way. Devil. It's a distraction. You have a different assignment. Your assignment isn't to go figure out why the devil chose to tell you that today. 
Now that I say it like that, that sounds like a stupid exercise, doesn't it? We don't want to do that. You have a God assignment every day. You know, if you don't even know what you're supposed to do, then every day you go to work, act like you're supposed to do something at work for God. I mean, just start with that. I'm supposed to pray for the boss. I'm supposed to honor the boss. I'm supposed to be the best employee. I'm supposed to be amazing. I'm supposed to be awesome. They're supposed to want to have hundreds of me. I'm supposed to encourage everybody. I'm supposed to intercede for everybody. I'm supposed to everywhere my foot touches every single day. I'm supposed to be praying. I'm supposed to be praying for the... That's enough stuff. And along the way, when you start seeing all these crazy miracles, you'll be like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. Like, I'm seeing stuff happen. And I'm like seeing people healed and like people are like wanting me to help them and want to know how I'm so cool. And you will, your whole behavior will change because you've got your focus on something else. You won't be like, my feet hurt. I don't get, I didn't get bonus. I don't like that boss. I don't like that person. I don't like this job. I don't want to be here. I wish I was home. It's going to be a long old thing right there. Okay, keep going. We all, oh, mm -hmm. Jesus, on the other hand, lived in response to the Father. So think about, can you think just for a minute with me, how you respond? So let's just say one of our favorites around our house is they get our food wrong. How do you respond? Somebody pulls out in front of you. You know, I had this guy the other day. I was driving down 164th and I was turning into on cue. And all the people in on cue were stopping up the entrance point. So he just decided he would just honk at me a long time. And I'm just thinking to myself, I don't know where he thinks I'm going. I'm clearly halfway in. I can't go any further. See, everything wants a response from you. You get a misunderstanding at work, it wants a response. What would the Father do? Like, if I've got Him on my mind, then when that comes across, see, this is, I'm telling you, it's a great place to live because you immediately know that other person's just plain messed up. I didn't expect them to treat me good. Did I have some weird expectation that they were like had me on their mind today? That they were going to be nice to me? Me, the encourager, is expecting everyone else to do that for me? It wouldn't even make any sense. What number are we on there? Number 20. We always reflect the nature of the world we're most aware of. That's what we're talking about. Next one. If the world around us is one of chaos, confusion, sin, and unbelief, and that reality is what has captured our attention, it will show on right here. Your face. You're most aware of your headache. My back hurts. I'm tired. What are you most aware of? How you feel physically. Right? Somebody offends you. I'm rejected. It is your, your countenance reflects. Why are we doing that? We want everyone to know. So they'll say, 
What's wrong? See, you're wanting love and affection and tenderness and nurturing from the world. (laughs) You're asking for something that won't feel like love and attention and nurturing. If you work, especially if you work for a pre-believer, don't be trying to get them to meet your needs. They're miserable. So the need meter they'll use on you will be miserable. That's what they have to offer. Just come on. Come on. Change my mind, Holy Spirit. Change my mind. All right. I just have a couple more. Mendo, are you coming? Oh, I do. On the, oh, yeah. I changed my mind. On the other hand, I forgot what I said already. On the other hand, if we live aware of the open heaven he has given us access to, we will in like manner reflect the nature of the world through our countenance. So chaos happens, you're like, oh, I was expecting this. Chaos is here. Let's go, let's go chaos annihilator. It's here. That's what I'm here. I've got my shirt on. I'm here. I expected chaos today. Right? Cause you, okay, I just have two more. Just two more. He waits for us to act out of faith in what he has accomplished and promised. So, so see, that's so easy. Your faith was put in you. To access what he already said is available. Listen, your faith wasn't made to make life easy for you. In fact, if you would be more aware of heaven, you wouldn't care how, you wouldn't judge life whether it was hard and easy. You would judge it by opportunity. You would say, I w- for such a time as this, I'm put here. And so this opportunity is to say, wow, I can see there's oh, it's chaos. Oh, I don't know. Nothing good, nothing good, nothing good. Okay, faith, come on, come on, faith, come on. Activate, activate, activate. Have you ever been activated by the Spirit? Yes. Right? Yeah. Activate, activate. As soon as activation comes, you see it. Yes. Otherwise, you just, it's like a tumbleweed. It's like you get all rolled up in that thing. And you know what's weird about a tumbleweed? It's got Velcro on it. And then you roll down the hill and you something else jumps by and jumps by and you Velcro a little longer. Man, bam, before you know it, it's just going to be me. Before you know it, you're a gigantic tumbleweed of weightiness and problems and your counting is so heavy and nobody wants to be around you and you're a griper. Very dry. Last one. Without the awareness of the open heaven, we will live in an inferior way to his design and plan for our lives. Isn't that the best? Listen, I think this is going to be a really great series for us. Listen, the name of this series is Maintaining an Open Heaven. And just to summarize today, our first step in maintaining and open heaven is what I bring as an offering. Your whole life. All the goods that you have in your life, you bring that to him as an offering and he'll make something amazing out of it.
Wow, such good stuff, right? You know, I can tell that God's on uh, on the move right now to really um, change some of our foundational beliefs. He's doing a repair that changes everything, you know? Um, I love that word that Tessa sent out the other day about the thorn. You know, he was coming to wash a wound that has a thorn in it. And I had a personal experience um, yesterday, I think it was, with the with realizing that's what was going on is that I had a thorn that over 40 years ago was planted and I had built on a foundation that had a thorn in it. And so it changes everything when he removes that thorn, it it changes everything. And so this message today is foundational. It is so foundational and it's really um, simpler than you may think. Um, Have you guys ever seen those t-shirts? It used to be a thing a long time ago that um, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten was what they said, what it said. You know, it basically was like, I got the basics in life. I don't even, I don't, I never really got it, you know, but that's, that's what it said. Everything I needed to know in kindergarten. What that means to me is I didn't need to learn anymore. They taught me the basics and I'm good. That's the foundation. Okay. I'm sitting over there listening to this message and it occurs to me that the enemy's greatest lie possibly the greatest lie happened at the foundational level at the kindergarten level you know and it was simply the teaching that the natural realm was more real than the spiritual realm that changes everything you know and as i know for me personally as i as i grew in my relationship with god and on this this journey of healing and everything i remember being afraid to think that something was spiritual because i was like making it into something you know that it wasn't and now i realize oh my gosh that was true all along it's simply a fact the spiritual realm the supernatural realm is the superior reality it's not the other way around. That's just a fact. Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, sent to earth. He is lower than God. We can all agree on that, right? He's the one on this earth. He's lower than God. That's the inferior reality. So everything that he does on earth is an inferior reality. Otherwise, we would, we're saying basically that what he does on the earth is a bigger and more powerful than what God's doing. And what he's, God's doing up in heaven. That just sounds insane now, doesn't it? Sounds just absurd. It sounds absurd. So he lied to us in kindergarten, okay? And he lied to us in kindergarten. We've been building all of our ways of living in life on that. And it's simply a lie. If we change that one thing, then we don't need to live in looking at the natural realm first to identify what's going on or identify a solution. We don't need to wrestle with the things on earth. We go straight to him. We have an open heaven. We have an open heaven as a believer. If you receive the Holy Spirit, you're hearing the Holy Spirit, you have access to heaven, which is the superior reality. So this is a, a message that changes our foundational thinking and we can start right there. We can start right there. And we've been taught, we have to realize, we've been taught that the natural realm was the greater. And so our tendency is going to be that way. But if we can just catch that, catch that and ask that question anytime, every time we have an encounter of any kind, 
is at what's the supernatural realm saying right now? What's the supernatural perspective on this? It will change so much for us. The other foundational truth is that we have authority over all the principalities of darkness. We have authority over angels. We have authorities over the principalities of darkness. And we have authority over the, the devil on earth. It's a fact. It's one of those foundational things. We have that authority. Heaven is the greater superior realm, the superior reality. What's on earth is not. If we can get those facts switched around in us, it will change everything. So thank you, Tisa, for bringing this message today. It's so good, so powerful. It is, it is life-changing, life-changing. So, Papa, we just want to say thank you today. We thank you for all that you're pouring out. Thank you that you are pouring out a greater reality, that you're pouring out a greater awareness of who you are, of who you are and what you've made and what your reality is and how truly connected we are to that reality already. We're already connected. It's not something we strive for. It's not something we have to position ourselves just right for. It's just changing our awareness. And so I thank you, Papa, for this message that you're bringing. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for breathing on this message, for protecting all the seeds that were planted today. Thank you for uprooting the thorns of lies, the thorns that have created a faulty foundation. And thank you for for, um, nurturing the seeds that you're planting to correct that in us. So we thank you, Jesus, for the price that you paid. Thank you for that you are our, our hero and all that we need to war and um, be successful and victorious. Thank you that you already made us victorious. So thank you for changing our minds, for redeeming our minds, and restoring us back to our original design, which is thinking like you. So we say we love you, we honor you, we praise you, and you have our yes. We, you have our yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.